0: I've been on sabbatical. I went on sabbatical last week for a few days. I've usually gone for a week, but for some reason, I decided to cut my sabbatical short, and I came home early, which is very unusual. But I was just done. You know how sometimes you just feel done, and you're ready to go? And it was funny, because on my way home, I kept feeling like my son in law needed me. So I texted him when I got home and I said, Hey, Alex, how's everything going? He goes, Oh, our well, other car broke down and Stella and I are trying to go figure out how to get it fixed and all this kind of stuff. I said, Oh, well, just bring her to the house. So uh, I came home early to watch my granddaughter. But, you know, I thought, God, you know, that is very unusual for me to leave early and I thought, but I just knew that he needed me. And, uh, you know, sometimes God has something else in mind, but I had a great sabbatical and I'll share a little bit as we go. But, uh, you know, one thing I've really been pondering is the move of God in this season. Yeah, Because it is something different. You know, um, I wrote a book called Seven Visions, and we renamed it for a lot of different reasons. The publisher went out of business, et cetera. And so it's an invitation to encounter heaven, and it's about my encounters in heaven. I went through a a one-month period of encountering God in heaven. And um, so Patricia King, my friend, she was saying, you know, the prisons are really looking for books. So I sent... I found, how do you send books to prison? And I found this guy and I sent him a note and I said, Hey, I have these books that I'd like to donate the, you know, the old copies. And he said, well, send me one. Cause we preview, you know, we vet everything before we, um, receive them. So I thought, okay. <laughs> I wasn't really sure, you know, if that would work. So I sent it to him. He said, yes, send me everything you have. So we sent it up to him. We actually sent him yesterday. And then we get a letter from someone from the Zephyr Hills prison. It went to a prison in North Carolina from Zephyr Hills prison that said, hey, all the COVID restrictions are open, have been lifted. Everything's been taken off. And we are a spirit filled ministry within the prisons. And we're looking for spirit filled people to come and train our people and to encounter our people. So I just, in the, in, you know, in less than 24 hours, God has shown us that there's an anointing opening up in the prisons for people who want to go in and minister the power and the word of God. So if anybody has an interest in that, let me know, even if you're watching online, because you know, God will, um, Give us indications of what has oil on it right now. You know what he's doing, and as I've been praying through what is he doing, I went back and read through all the words that I have for Florida, that I that have been given. You know before I knew that Florida was going to do anything, and after I knew Florida was going to do anything, and uh, one of the words came from Morning Star that they prophesied over us that the revival was going to be released in Florida, and that we will be an integral part of this revival, we will be in the middle of it, uh, that we will carry his word and his power gift that will cause the kingdom of God to expand and grow. Which, of course, Amen. that word was given about 2015. I forgot to write the date on, but I think it was 2015. Here we are in 2021, and that is exactly what is happening. Yeah. So this, you know, so I just kind of went back and read through things, pondered on God, what are you doing? What are you saying to us? Um, and, you know, over the last six months I've been reading, or maybe a year, the Acts and, gospel, and the Gospels over and over again. And every time I read them, there's always something, a new nugget, a new understanding, a new depth, a new ponder. It even makes me start questioning other things that I've read before thinking, okay, well, here's a layer of understanding, but what about this part of it, God? You know, wh- what about this? So we're going to start with Mark 8, and uh, I want to read a little bit of this because I actually heard a sermon on, uh, um, <clears throat> what was it, world Worldview. And uh, when I heard it, it made me ponder this word uh in a different perspective. But what we're really going to talk about is warring for the truth. Right now we're in a war for the truth. And that is our subject this morning. Uh, we are fighting tooth and nail for the truth. We're going to start in verse 13. <sighs> And it says, and then he, which is Jesus, left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take the bread. So in context, they just got through feeding 5,000 and feeding 4,000 with a little bit of bread and they did not have uh, more than one loaf with them in the boat. I'm trying not to laugh, you know, cause you know how sometimes when we know the story, you know, we think about this, and, and we think about the perspective of the disciples as they've just encountered feeding 5,000, feeding 4,000 with very little amount, and then they only have one loaf of, loaf of bread, and there's, you know, 13 of them, you know. It's just funny how we think about our perspective, really our worldview in it. Um, then, he, then he charged them, saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and the leaven of Herod. We're going to stop there for a minute. So leaven, of course, is the yeast that you put in to make in the dough to make uh, the bread rise, right? And he is warning them that there is a world leaven out there that they need to be aware of. You know, the political spirit, the religious spirit, and they need to be aware of it. And I'm sure that they it took them off guard because they're worried about lunch. And he's like... <laughs> Beware of the leaven. They're like, you know how your mind cannot always integrate what the spirit is saying to you. So, so he's warning them about, about that. And right now, one of the greatest leavens we face is the leaven of lies. It has so permeated our culture. It has so permeated the body of Christ and the challenge that we have with this leaven of lies that is permeating everything is there are so many similarities to the truth. There's enough of one word of truth in there, but it's so surrounded with lies that it's hard to tell the difference. You know, when they do brain surgery with tumors, the tumor many times is the same color as the brain matter. So it's hard to discern. And, and right now we're in a discerning season where we have to be able to discern this leaven of lies that has been woven into our very culture. And one of the biggest ones we're fighting is identity. Right. Yeah. I mean, identity is one of the biggest ones we're fighting. Because they are rewriting what people actually are. Right, right. Are we binary? <laughs> I mean, we, we are the, the world, the cultural outside worldview is rewriting male and female. Right. It is rewriting whether a child is born an actual gender or whether it's going to be up for grads when they get a little older. It, it really, we are, we're so there's such a leaven of lies being permeated into our system that is being accepted because it has this whole, um, backup. You know, we can make anything say what we want it to say, including the word. We can make a theology, a doctrine, out of one verse in the word. We can make it work out to what we want it to say. So that leaven of lies has not skipped the church. And when we think about, you know, just the inundation of the news that we face and just think of COVID, somebody figure that one out. where did it come from? Was it bats in the food market in China? Was it manufactured in the plants? Was it, I mean, there's so much out there between COVID, the vaccine, how it spread, how it doesn't spread. Does it have spikes? Does it not have spikes? Does it, I mean, there's so much. And there's enough truth in a small part of it that it's woven into a system of lies. And as believers, we got to figure out how to cut through the lies. And it's got to be figured out through the word of God, not through the process of the world. You know, last week I talked about how we carry the spirit of wisdom, how we carry the seven spirits, how we carry the ability to be able to discern and determine what is. But the way that we do that is we have to know the word of God. We have to stand on what his word says is true. So whether I understand the fullness of COVID, it actually doesn't make any difference It doesn't make any difference and it cannot occupy my time because it will take me places where all I do is wrestle over whether this is right or whether this is right. You know, uh, you know, so I cannot occupy my mind with anything that does not lead me back through the kingdom of God, back through the word of God. We cannot occupy ourselves with this because we can spend hours researching stuff. I was going to share something this morning and then I did a little bit more research and I realized what I was going to share wasn't even true. (laughs) And it was actually just an example, but it looked true. There was a article from a valid news source that would have said it was true, but I went to pull up a picture of it. And uh, what I realized was there were four other valid sources that actually said it wasn't true. So I'm not spending my time on that, right? right? That, that just can't be what I'm focused on. And these, this demonic stronghold right now over our nation is really to manipulate and control us to the place where we don't believe the word of God, oh, wow. we don't believe creator God right. because there's so much coming against that a God actually exists. That is the bigger agenda for what is going on right now right. Yes. It's where everything is relative to what you want to believe including the body of Christ, it is relative. If I decide that I believe that God, you know, Jesus, um, literally that Jesus multiplied the bread, but there's others who believe that it was a figurative example of possibility. The, the leaven of lies is trying to undermine our faith and belief in the word of God and how it stands. And we have to grab a hold of what the word says. And, you know, we may read something. Have you ever read something in the word and say, I don't really understand that. Or this, I might understand this piece of it, but I don't understand this piece. That does not make the word of God not true. What it makes us is proclaimers of the word where we say, God, I don't quite understand this fully, but I believe what your word says. I might not even be able to apply it to my life or to a situation. But what I'm what I believe is this is your word and what is written is true. And the Holy Spirit will help me to understand, expand, draw out what the word says. I am not going to uh, black those words out because I don't understand them. I'm going to say the fullness of the word is my word. That's what I'm going to live out of. And I trust you, Lord, to expand it for me. So this is a real critical season for us people (laughs) as body, as believers, because there is a evil plan to destroy the very core of our beliefs. If you think about even when Jesus High, was baptized, came up out of the water and the Lord spoke over him and said, this is my son. Everybody heard it. That was there. Right? So he goes out into the wilderness. The first thing is Satan comes against him and says, if you are. Right. So he challenges the very core of what was just in, spoken over him, his very identity, his very calling in whom I, whom I love. Right. So the enemy comes against it and says, well, if you are, then you're going to have to display this to me. You're going to have to prove it to me. The enemy is always trying to make us prove that we are who he says we are. And he's always trying to force our faith into choosing whether we actually believe what Jesus says or whether we're going to lean toward those lies that are coming at us that will draw us away. That's what the enemy does. He tries to make us believe that Jesus is not for us. He's not with us. He's abandoned us. He doesn't love us. He won't show up for us. He's always that anti-Christ. He's always against whatever Christ says for us. Always against us, trying to manipulate, control us, and to incite us into a battle of the mind that we will never win. Because we know we will not win a battle of the mind. We win the battle of the spirit. Because the spirit supersedes everything that comes against us. Yeah, that's so good. Amen. God is good. Amen. Okay, let's go to verse 16. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. The demonic is coming against us because we have no bread, right? <laughs> no, the demonic is coming against us because we have The bread, the bread of life, the bread of life that will multiply the bread of life that will heal the bread of life that will resurrect the dead because we have the bread of life. That's why he's coming against us. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? And he's asking them because he's saying, let's figure out why you think you don't have any bread. He's using it to draw us back into who he is. So when God asks us stuff that challenges us, he is asking us to go after what is the truth that he has for us. That's what he's asking us to go after. He's not asking them to feel shame. He's not asking them to be embarrassed. He's asking them to go after understanding, go after the perception. He says, having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? So in the natural, they saw what was multiplied, right? And they saw in the natural, a supernatural multiplication of the bread. Right. So they saw the natural and the supernatural come together. So they saw it. They heard the process that was gone through. Amen. You know, Jesus asked him, do you have it? You know what do we have to feed them. Oh, this is all we have. Okay. So they, they heard the process. So they blessed the bread and he broke it and it began to multiply. So he, again, they heard in the natural and they heard in the supernatural. But then he says, and do you not remember? And this I want to spend just a little bit more time on. When I broke the five loaves for 5,000, how many baskets of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? How is it that when that miracle comes, we are so excited and so overwhelmed, whatever that miracle was. But then when we face the next tribulation, we're so broken and we're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? You know? But part of it is, is that remembering. We have to remember. We have to recall what God has done, and that's the reason we do the testimonies. You know, we we understand that. And this was like a little aha moment I heard in just a message I was listening to. Um, everything in the Word of God is our testimony. That's right. Yes. Everything in the Word of God is our testimony. Yeah, yeah. In, in Psalms one nineteen, it says, "Your testimonies, I have taken as." heritage forever. It is my inheritance. Yeah. So what i what Elijah did, that's my testimony. What Elisha did, that's my testimony. Yes, amen. So everything in the word is also our testimony too. It says, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. They are part of the remembrance. They are part of digging the well back up when we need to understand what God can do in a situation that we're in. Whether it's sickness, whether it's financial, whether it's family, whatever it is, the testimony is what God will do. And you can read on the walls. That's the reason we do the testimony. I'm going to challenge you guys to do bullet points of your testimony and put them on the wall. Whatever it is. Every time you think of something, put a bullet point down and put it on the wall. Because that's how we strengthen ourselves in the Lord As we go back and we remember. Yeah. That's how we know what God is going to do. Because we go back and we say, God, I don't know what to do about this but I know your word says, or I know that so-and-so gave a testimony. I, I know that you can do all things. You know, right now we have a cultural uh, declaration that's being said out there is we have more jobs than we have people to work, right? right? right. And if you're an employer, you know that it's difficult to find good people. And so what do we do about what is coming at us? We go to the word and and there may not be a word on employment here, but there is a word that says God will supply every need according to his riches. So everything I need, every person I need is going to come through because God is the supplier of that need. It's remembering the testimony of what God has promised. And that is what transforms our mind right? You know, Romans two twelve says that we're not conformed to what the world thinks. We're not conformed to what the world sees. We're not conformed to what the world understands. That is not what we're conformed to. We're conformed to the leaven of the kingdom and the leaven of the kingdom. So permeates us that when my mind needs to think about it, it thinks about what does the kingdom look like? In this situation, how do I lay the kingdom over the, what I'm facing? And I go back and I dig up the testimony. I dig up the word. I dig up what I've heard, what someone shared. I dig up and I say, God, that testimony is now my testimony. What happened there is going to happen for me because testimonies are so important. We have to transform our minds because we're not conformed to the world. But we're transformed by the renewing of your mind.. Yeah. And when we renew our mind, then we are able to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. Romans twelve two. So that is what we're looking for. We're looking for, you know, moving from the rules that get caught in our mind. Right to the river that flows out of our belly. That's what we're looking for. You know, there are rules like if we're going to cross 19, we've been taught that we look both ways. Otherwise we become roadkill, right? You know, so we're, we're taught rules to protect us, but God has given us the river to direct us. It is the river. It is the kingdom of God that lives within us that helps us to understand what we're supposed to do with whatever the circumstance is. That is what, what we're, what protects us. So we're, we're not going to live, you know, it's funny because I was, you know, like I said, I've been reading through Mark and, uh, I was reading about the Pharisees, even right above this, and right above in chapter 8, they wanted him to do a sign. Right. Although they had seen him do many signs, <laughs> they wanted another sign. Okay. And he's like, I'm not going to give you one. But then when he did a sign, they said, you're of the devil. Right. Okay. So basically... That leaven of lies is a no-win situation for us. So are we sucked in to the lies? Are we releasing the kingdom to break loose what has been sown? We, we've got to shift that our mind doesn't engage with The chaos that's being created, the lies that are being created, that our mind engages with the kingdom that breaks loose the segment that we need to know, according to the word of God. And there may be things that God just says, walk away, wash your hands and walk away because that is not for you. It may aggravate you. But it is not to steal your joy. It's not to steal your time. It's not to steal your momentum, being trapped in a situation of the world that does not pertain to you. That's right. And yes, we are called to change the world. We are called to be the leaven of the kingdom that permeates the world. Right. But God knows where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there, and how we're supposed to be there so we can be effective. Uh, you know, one of the Wednesday morning, I'd gone out for a walk, and um, it's hot this week. I mean, it's summer. Does anybody, has anybody said summer's come? It's hot. So I'm walking along, and I see, you know, a, roof, a roofing truck sitting there, and this guy's sitting on the curb. He has his crutches. And, yeah, I walk by him. I was like, hey, you know. I said, You hurt your leg. What happened? So I'm talking to him. He's telling me his whole story. Franciscus, he is a really nice guy. He's telling me about Jesus. And uh, I said, You know, God healed my leg. And I was telling him all about this. And uh, I said, Can I pray for you? He's like, Oh, yeah, that'd be great. So we're talking all this kind of stuff. And as I walked away, I kept thinking, I want my testimony of healing to become his testimony so that his testimony becomes someone else's testimony. Is that the way we can permeate the world culture and break down the lies that set itself up against the kingdom of God? And whatever that is that God has given for you for this season, that just is what it is. Now I'm sure there could have been 50 other people I prayed for, you know, as I was walking along, but he just, was highlighted for me. Right. I mean, he just became like the focus of my attention, and he was just ready and open to receive. And and that's what we have to understand is not everybody is our body. Right. Yes. That's right. God will show us the ones that are important to him for us to do whatever. And yes. you know, we benefit as much encountering people as they benefit. Yes. And we trust. That God has opened the door of their heart to receive whatever it was, whether it was healing for that moment, whether it's, you know, 91 people receiving Christ, whatever it is. We trust that God has made a way because we're living from the leaven of the kingdom, not the leaven of the lies that says, if you go up to somebody, they're going to say, get away from me because I hate Jesus. I have never had anyone say that. That's right. Never. Well, I've only had, I think, two people in my entire time tell me that they didn't want prayer. One of them said, You can pray if you want to, but it, it, you know, they don't really care. I said, Okay, well, I'm flexible. I'll just go ahead and pray. And one of them needed prayer, but his wife would not let him have prayer. So, um, so that's a different controlling spirit. (laughs) That's a whole different subject here. But, you know, most people, they want to encounter the realness of Jesus. And we're in the season where the realness of Jesus is so tangible. It is so real. It is so uh, uh, a flood. It's such a river that people, they want it. And what we have to watch is the trap of the enemy of trying to untangle the lies that they believe when that debate is not going to get them the encounter with Jesus. It's going to be an intellectual debate versus a spiritual encounter. And there's a big difference there because we all have the intellect that doesn't necessarily be that is not necessarily guided by the spirit. We can all debate. So anyway, I want to, I want to, there's a couple other quick things I want to share. And then I want us to pray because there's things that we don't have that we're hungry for, right? There are things that we are seeking God for that haven't been fully released, completely done, that we need a breakthrough for. There's things that have been testified for through the word, through our testimonies every Sunday that are the answer to what you're looking for yeah. that can become your testimony too. And, um, let's see where I want to go with this. So let me just share a little bit. Part of the reason that I love healing is because my mom died at a very young age of uh, uh, COPD, which is a, a lung disease where you basically suffocate to death. And, you know, she was prayed for, prayed for, prayed for, you know, um, Pat Robertson's thing, prayed for CTN, all that kind of stuff. And she died. And, um, you know, it's interesting because when she died, I wasn't broken hearted about it, although she lived with us. And, you know, her and I were very, very close. And but because I knew that she was free. I knew she was in heaven. I, she's such artistic. I knew she was painting the heavens with all of her watercolors and whatever she did. And I just knew I had that peace. But what it did was it made me tenacious about healing. Now, healing wasn't really on my radar until she died. But once she died, it made me say, This is what the word says. And this is what happened. And honestly, I cannot explain that gap. You know, I can't explain why she died when she was prayed for. I don't know. Um, And uh, I'm not sure anybody can. But what I do know is that for every loss becomes a seed to a harvest for the word of God because she died doesn't uh, cancel what Jesus has promised for healing That's right. That's right. and sometimes when we don't see God answer the way even his word says it steals a way, a belief, a trust, a faith that he can do what he says he's going to do. And we have to contend not to give in to what happened and let it supersede what the word says is going to happen. And I'm sure God will have explanations for all of our questions when we get there. And he may even before. But what he challenges us to do is to continually go after the word to contend for what the word has promised us and to not relent in believing that Jesus is who he says he is and he will do what he says he's going to do. Amen. And I think that that is where we have to get out our swords and we have to slice up every lie in our mind, every lie that surrounds us, that, that sets itself up against what the word of God says. Right. And sometimes it's hard, especially when it's close. You know, when, when you've had loss, when you've, when you've lost uh, and had expectations, you know, it says uh, hope deferred makes your heart sick, but dreams realized. So we have to realize that we are in this war for truth and we're in the war as, as believers to believe the word of God. And though we may not fully understand it, or there may be pieces that we felt like God should have shown up in a place where he didn't show up the way we thought he should, or when he thought he should, whatever it is. We still have to grab a hold of the word, grab a hold of the testimonies and say, God, I know what your word says. And my mind can go places that your word does not permit. So I am going to surrender my thoughts to you. I'm going to surrender where I wrestle to you and let you fulfill my mind and renew my mind and transform my mind by what I know. And if everyone listed all the testimonies God has done for them, we wouldn't have enough wall space in here or in there or in there because God has done so much for us. And there all of you have testimonies to give. And what we have to realize, and, and I've really been uh, just asking God to shift my thinking to really help the word of God and the, the, the uh, tangibility of his presence be the food for my thought. So that when I see an encounter, instead of being frustrated by the lies that are just being thrown at us, I take it and I sandwich the word on it. And then I, I, I ask God, what is it you want me to do about it? And if it's nothing, then I'm going to take every thought captive that tries to take me down a road that I don't belong because God has a different road for me. And that is a battle in our minds. It is a battle in our minds uh, because we're smart people. We are educated people. We got Google. <laughs> Come on. I know everything now. Whether it's true or not, I can Google it. I mean, just think about it. We have more information at our access. In the olden days, we actually had to go to the library and get the encyclopedia out. And I can remember my my parents bought the Britannica encyclopedia for our house. And we were like rich. We had information at our fingertips. And I think that information might have been more accurate, but I don't know, because back then we didn't have to worry about all the lies. I don't really know. But all I know is we're inundated and we have got to take our thoughts captive and really discern what is the leaven of the kingdom, because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's in us. It's like that Deuteronomy scripture. It says, it's not too hard because the word is near us. It is in us. So it's tapping in to what God has already given us. It's tapping in. What does his word say? God, I don't know. I don't understand, but I'm going to read your word until it begins to speak to me. I'm going to read your word until that peace falls on me. And I'm going to testify every morning, every day when I get with my friends in what you have done, because their testimony becomes my, my testimony becomes theirs. And we become a walking testimony through the word and through the fellowship of each other. So we are able to live a life that is fuller because we live out of the kingdom mindset, not the leaven of the world. So we're going to pray today. We're going to pray for anyone who wants prayer, but we're going to have prayer today because I want us to go after and the testimonies that have been shared, go after the testimonies that Jesus has given us because we don't have to worry about whether we have bread or not. We just engage with the very presence of Jesus in this house and let him move through us and do what he wants to do in us. So there were a couple things that I wanted to pray specifically about. Uh, One of them was uh, finances. If we need financial breakthrough, healing, deliverance. um, If we need, if there's any miracles and families, those are the five that just came into my head. So if you want prayer for that, I'm going to invite you to come down. Uh, The other thing is, is identity. If, if you're struggling with who God says you are, then I want you to come down too, and we're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask Jean and uh, Karen and all, Matt and Gina to come up. And we're just going to pray for everybody who wants to be prayed for, because we need. The kingdom of God to break through on our behalf and we're putting a demand on the anointing that is already here. We're putting, we're coming into agreement with what God has already promised us. And you know one of the things that Bill Johnson, I told you, I listened to this sermon, it was uh, about worldview. But one of the things he said was, if we begin with the thought process of lack, like the disciples did, we we only have one loaf of bread. We don't have any bread. If we begin with that th- th- uh, thought process of lack, then we don't have the foundation. For fullness that God has promised us because our foundation is built on what we don't have, not on what God has given us. So if we build our foundation on what we don't have, then it sets our minds in a position where we can't see, we can't perceive, just like he asked the disciples, we can't understand what God is trying to do for us. So we want to understand that. I mean, how many have received some level of healing from God? Okay. I mean, I know I've had, yeah, I mean, and some of us can have, you know, we have multiple things that we've been healed of. How many have had financial breakthrough that God has provided? Right. How many have had family members that come back into the kingdom? Yeah. How many have been a family member that's come back into the kingdom? All of us. Right. Because somebody prayed for us. Right. Right. Uh, How many have encountered deliverance? Him. I mean, just think about just you saw in this group of people how many hands were raised for every single thing. And so every testimony within this room has become our testimony. It is our story because it's his story and his story is our inheritance because so it's become our story. So everything that has occurred has become our story. So we live from the foundation of that story, that everything we need has been supplied for us, that his blood has paid for everything. That by his stripes, we are healed. That as the family, I've come into an inheritance. That I've been delivered from the strongholds that have tried to keep me captive. That I've been healed. And that I will see even more things. Because God is good and his word says, and I believe his word. And there is faith in this place to do the things that God wants to do for you this morning. Right? Amen. Amen. So we're going to have time of prayer. Uh, Noah, can we turn me on a little music? And what I'm going to say is if you, if you're ready to go, you're welcome to go, but I would encourage all of you to come in and get prayer. If you don't want prayer, that's fine too. But we want to make sure that when there is the, the liquid of God, when there is the flood of God in the house, that we step into the flood rivers and see what he has for us to our knees till we just can't do anything but bob up and down because it is so full. Chuck was praying this morning in our prayer time. He, he said, you know, the weather forecast is there's a cloud and there's a cloud of glory in this place. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to get under the cloud and just receive what he has for us today. Amen. Amen.